Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It is the Sunday Card episode AFC South positional rankings. Uh, this week, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, along with me, Dan Zampano. We are in the thralls of the summer. Matthew, it is uh, getting close to that training camp uh, time. We're starting to kind of be like, man, sports kind of, you know, is slowing down. It's obviously a baseball season, but my goodness, we definitely need football back in our lives. Yeah, there's just nothing going on. I mean, there's just nothing going on. We've had a couple that's there's, there's a couple free agency moves happening in football, a couple more names that we're waiting to drop. So um, honestly, just the news right now is the sports. There's not much to watch outside of baseball and golf on the weekends. Yeah, well, that's not a terrible thing with golf, but we do need more football in our lives. Um, we are going to do the AFC South today, or as I like to call it, the Colts hype show slash hilarious Texans running back room show. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's our favorite dumpster fire in the NFL. It's our favorite to really care about teams that maybe one of them will finish above 500. At this division. <laughs> it's we, actually we care very way too much. That's actually very accurate. Um, it was so boring. I I spent I think more time on the on the uh, blind player resume than I did on actually trying to siphon through the worst defenses and running back rooms and past pass catching rooms without question in the league. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of that blind player resume, I hope you've brushed up on your fantasy. Oh, uh, because it is that I, time of year. It is that time of year. I've been listening to a lot of fantasy pods because I'm I'm, I'm bored and I, I want to get down to it. Watch reading a lot of articles. And uh, based on if you have heard of maybe some high prized value fantasy targets, you might know who uh, who these two players are. So are you ready? OK, I'm ready. OK, as we do every week, the blind player resume we have done four of these so far. Uh, Maddie easily getting uh, Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson. Not easily, but he did get them. Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson for the AFC East. The NFC East was Debo and Curtis Samuel, two Samuels. The AFC North, we had a tough one. Micah Parsons and Alex Highsmith. That was impossible. The last defense, what do you ever do? Yeah. <laughs> and the NFC North one. Was a good one actually as well. Ceedee Lamb and Amon Ra St. Brown, two very high prize. I got I got half of that one. Yeah, you did. You got half of it. Okay, here we go. Player A is a top player at the position, or at least considered that. Player B is a player within the division. This one, the AFC South. Player A played in ten games last season. He had 28 receptions on 59 targets. He had 356 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 12.7 yards per reception. The games he did play, he played in 73% of the offensive snaps. It's important detail. Player B played in 17 games but only started eight of them and was really by committee at this position. Had 32 catches on 46 targets, 450 yards, and three touchdowns, leading his position in the category of yards per reception 
with 14.1 of all tight ends in the league. Dang it, I just gave away his position. There it is. But he only played in 37% of his offensive snaps last year. So, who is player A and who is player B? So, player B is Evan Ingram? Player B is not Evan Ingram. No, tight end. That's my first thought with tight end in this division. Do you want the stats again? No, I mean, there's only so many. Is it um, Jelani Woods would be the player in this division? It is not Jelani Woods, but that would be a player in this position. This is a tough one. Fantasy depth here. Moali Cox? Yeah, the other, no. the other. Man, no, this is a name I'm hearing on a lot of fantasy pods. Oh, I don't know what you see. You're, you're brushing up more than I am. Clearly, it's got it, it. You pick the Titans tight end that I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> That's only okay. because you pick, you only pick, because you couldn't pronounce his name. It's Chagosium Aconquo. Very good, very good. I keep calling Chig. I call him Chig Aconquo. Chigakonkwo, that's a, that's a, that's a little better. That's yeah. a little better. Um, and then Chigakonkwo so, is player B. So who so you player he only A? played ten games. Darren Waller. That was I. I was expecting you to guess him or this next player. Mark Andrews played a full season. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kittle. Not Kittle. Think about it. He only had twenty-eight catches, three fifty-six, two touchdowns. To Disappointing think. player. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's the answer. That's not, when you say disappointing, that's the first guy that comes to mind. I, that that was in my head early, and I forgot. I had to circle back to it. Yeah, Teddy. I remember he missed a lot of games and didn't so, and didn't show up in a lot of them. As and well. didn't show up. Ten games, just twenty-eight catches on fifty-nine targets, three hundred fifty-six yards, two touchdowns. Chig Akonkwo, who was sharing time with Anthony Ferkser and only started eight games, had thirty-two catches, forty-six targets. 450 yards and three touchdowns, leading the league in yards per reception for tight ends. Pretty good. That's very efficient. That's very efficient. <laughs> he is a high, he's a he's a deep sleeper, as we would call them, from what I'm hearing in fantasy. There's a million of those tight ends every year. There's a oh, million yeah. of them. No, you only need one. That's why you just just take Mark Andrews in the, like, the second round if you can, or just get Travis Kelsey in the first every year. It's a value. One of those two. One of those two. I'm hearing good things about Kyle Pitts too. Like, don't sleep on him. Don't don't give up on him. But I don't know. It can't be. It can't be as high as it took him last year. That's for sure. Can't be worse than it was last year, though. It was pretty bad. Uh, let's get into it. Every you every week we rank each division by quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers, defenses, and coaching rooms. So, without further ado, Matthew, the floor is yours. You're the quarterback guru. What say you? quarterback guru here um this is um yeah this is one of these this the whole division is going to be tough with a lot of these lists um we'll go four through one yep. even though the bottom half was harder to sort out than the top i have colts in the four spot garden Mitchell and anthony richardson texans at three with cj stroud davis mills titans at number two with Tannehill and all of the draft picks for the past two years that they've taken the quarterback position and then you've clearly got the Jaguars at the top with Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, winning that draft lottery a couple of years ago and getting him. I mean, the number one, I definitely agree. I think that that's, you know, pretty easy pickings here with Trevor Lawrence, and it's not very close. Um, this is one of those divisions, before I say this, that it's, I think this will be the hardest division for any of the bottom three teams to catch the 
division winner from last year yeah. just because of the quarterback situations. However, in my view, I have the Texans at four. I put the Titans at three. And you're gonna you're gonna give me crap for it, but I have the Colts at number two and the Jaguars at number one. And and I'll explain this. I just think that what Anthony Richardson could give you, and maybe Gardner Minshew is in there as well. Are we really going with are we really confident in Ryan Tannehill, who played well last year in the games he played, but he missed five games and he's 35 years old. And the only reason he's actually playing on this team is because of his contract situation, which is why they purged all those guys so they could pay him. I'll be honest, I'm not sure Ryan Tannehill makes it through this entire season. And if that's the case, I want to get the upside. I think Minshew is a better backup than anything the Texans have. And I think the sky is the limit for Anthony Richardson. I think he's more ready to go. Uh, I would be, I would be, uh, I'd be drafting him ahead of CJ Stroud. I've said that from the beginning. He's my guy. You said to me before this show that I'm the Colts guy now, so I'm going to be that Colts guy. I'm going to carry the AFC finalist flag. I'm going to go with AR15 at number two because I love the upside of this kid. And I think he could be dynamite. I knew you were going to have the Colts over the Texans, and I almost had. Texans four, but I had to do it for our, our season long battle in this division. That is going to be Texans versus Colts um, that we have. So uh, for Tannehill and the Titans be number two, I just figure it's like, at least he he's played in this league. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, and he's played better than Davis Mills and Gardner Mitchell, as far as the, on the other two teams, like the quarterbacks that have experience. Um, and he, he is perfectly adequate replacement level quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he is just, middle of the road, probably, you know, probably bottom tier of the NFL at this point. Obviously he's, he's, we're thinking he's on his way out, but he's at least got the experience and he's got better record than Mills and Minshew who have experience. Uh, Tex, uh, Texans and Colts are three and four. I think Texans and Colts are three and four on this okay. list in whichever order you prefer to put them on. Okay. I mean, and that's fair. I just think we're, uh, I'm, I'm going to do my projecting thing and mm -hmm. tell you and be the old man and say best ability best abilities availability and say look at this point in tan hill's career i think this is the end i think this is the drop off and i would not be surprised if will levis or malik willis probably not malik willis but if will levis gets some playing time a significant playing time this year now i mean it's i think the earliest test of this too is i mean i think cj stroud starts the year i don't i think Gardner Minshew starts the year for the Colts. So I, I think really? that's that's going to be our, I think our first barometer. I think that's our you know right from the start. And you can't be like, oh, he only beat out a one year guy. Dave Smith's like, if he can't beat out Gardner Minshew in camp, then it's already off to a bad start for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I I mean I'll say this: I almost did my blind player test as Davis Mills and and Russell Wilson because they were very similar. <laughs> they, were, they, were very, they were very similar. That'd like they had. It would have been rude, but when I looked at him, I'm like, holy cow. Like oh, Russell Wilson and Davis Mills were like on par. So I, I wouldn't say Dave, like, why did they bring in Case Keenum? Like, why did they make that signing? You know, like Case Keenum, I feel like could be could play just as much as Davis Mills and could play just, if CJ Stroud, like I think I I would imagine that both CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson are probably starting by week three or four. That's yeah. That's what I would think. I, week four, I feel like, is always like 
if they're not in by that point, they're probably not getting there the rest of the year unless it's like injury or we have nothing else to lose. Let's just play the rookie. We're going to see in preseason very quickly. And and in my estimation, I think we're going to see an electric factory from Anthony Richardson. I just, I'm looking for it. I hope so too. I mean, he has the, the, you know, he has all the ability to be like one of the most exciting players in the league to watch. Absolutely. Okay. Running back rooms. Here we go. Uh, And this is my favorite part of the entire summer is looking at the Houston Texans running back room. It's It's not as crazy this time. It's It's not not. as crazy. It's not as crazy, but it is like, okay, we've moved on from like the Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead show. And we've got, oh, we got a rookie or a a second year guy. Damian Pierce maybe blows up. And then we've just got these guys that are just, yeah, they're younger, but they're still so much journeyman with Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce, Mike Boone, God, I haven't heard that name in a while. And Dare Agumbawale. I mean, the Texans stay on brand with their running backs. I'll say that. So I'm going to have them at number four. I have – this is a really – like, I'm going to be honest. These top three right here, I'm I'm struggling. But I went Jacksonville three. I went with the Titans at two. And I had the Colts at number one. Okay. Okay. So – I, I do have the Jaguars at four on my list. Really? Okay. I, I, again, I, I the people behind them, so you got Devin Singletary, Jamichael Hasty for Jaguars, who probably has some better career numbers. But I, most of this division is is really uh, ranking the, the starter. You know, I, mean, I don't think the backups for any of these teams are better than any other backups necessarily. They're pretty mm-hmm. standard. And I would take Pierce over ETN. So that's, that's kind oh, of where okay. – I, I know, I know. I like That's it. You're so I would take Jaguars four, Texans at three. I have the Colts at two, and I, I'm not going to dethrone the King, King Henry at number one. Mm. The Titans. I mean, he's he just does it year in year out. He's getting better as a pass catcher. He just does everything. He's the best running back in the league. Yeah. Um, my so let me go back to the Texans and Jaguars just before we get into that one. Texans and Jaguars, I would say this. I'm going to consider last year, obviously, Travis Etienne's rookie year. Yeah. And for the uh, for what you got out of him last year, we can go like right through it. I mean, he was spectacular in a lot of ways last year, um, especially in the receiving game. The guy had only 220 carries, had 1,100 yards rushing, and then you only had him have 35 catches. So I think a lot of people were expecting more of that. But for the volume and load that he was able to get, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he increased that volume and Trevor Lawrence went to him even more, considering the fact that Evan Ingram is a year older. I think that he will use ETN more and a wide receiver role. Um, They're basically replacing Marvin Jones with Calvin Ridley, so they're not losing much. But I think Ridley probably takes more of the um, targets away from Ingram, and I think that safety guy becomes uh, becomes ETN in his second year. Typically, we see second-year running backs boom more than any other. That's typically when they make their giant leap. Now, Damian Pierce, obviously, is going into his second year as, as well. I would say this. Look, my philosophy on, on running backs might be a little different than yours. I think running backs are like razor blades. You have one good one. And then the rest of them are you just, you, you know, you're throwing away and, and you keep replacing. Um, 
To me, I think Jacksonville has comparable backups to Houston outside of the fact that Tank Bigsby is a rookie. I liked him coming out of Auburn. So that's where I would have a little bit of discrepancy having ETN ahead of Pierce because of his pass catching ability. Um, again, maybe I'd say probably a more explosiveness, obviously highly more highly touted coming out of college. With Indianapolis and Tennessee, I, I, I don't want to do this and have this conversation. Obviously, the backups are the backups. Henry is going into year eight. And last year, after his 2021 year where he didn't play the full season, last year he accumulated the second most amount of carries he's ever had, 350 carries last year for him, and had the most receptions he's ever had by far. He almost doubled his career high in receptions at 33 receptions. He had almost 400 yards receiving as well. Year eight is just typically the point where we see running backs have a huge drop-off, a huge drop-off. And I get it's Derrick Henry, and he might be our generation's Adrian Peterson. I understand that. But with Jonathan Taylor coming off injury, being fully healthy, and really like coming on strong, almost got really back to where he was in his rookie year. Not quite there because he had 1,800 yards, but um, or whatever year it was, his second year. I think that Taylor this year, fully healthy, is going to be more effective than Henry. Uh, just considering Henry has only done it one time where he had 300 yards, 300 carries, and then had his equal year to the following year. That's really hard to do. And most running backs, in fact, almost all running backs don't do that. Now he's older trying to do that again, going into his eighth year. I'm going to take Taylor fresher, younger to have a better year than Derrick Henry. I'm going to finish that. And then I'm going to make, go back to your point that you brought back about the other two. Uh, I just not, that's just not going to apply to Derrick Henry ever for me. Like I, I, he's, he's years, years like four, five, six, in the league, it was he's had too many carries. We'd never seen a running back have that many touches the year before and be able to do it again. And he just did it for like three, four years in a row mm-hmm. until he got hurt in twenty one. He is just he, he's he's the Adrian Peterson. He's the Frank Gore of this generation. Where oh, he just can't do it again. There's no way. Like I'm like I can't apply that to Derrick Henry. That that that's Done been thrown that. out there so much, and I just it doesn't apply to him. I okay. get that it's year eight and it, it should start adding up. Etienne and Pierce, Pierce only played. 12 games had had basically the same exact amount of touches had like about 150 less yards. And he also had 30 catches to ETN's 35 mm-hmm. in six less games, five less games. So yep. I, you know, I, and, a lot and, less, and clearly, lot less people to throw it to on Houston though. I'll say that it, it clearly a better offense with the Jaguars. So that's what makes up the difference in 150 yards. Fair. I don't know. I, I think Pierce is a better all around back as far as like, I think he's clearly a better runner between the tackles. You could say Etienne gives the pass catching, but he didn't really bring it as much last year. All right. We'll see. What you should get out of this is what he put out. See, this is why this division is so good because it's the worst division and there's the most discrepancy between, you know, we're talking about the ninth or 10th best running back in the league, like, you know, uh, on both of those players. So, you know, we'll see where we go from there. Uh, Pass catchers. Um, again, I think this is pretty cut and dry at the top. Man, oh man. I mean, there are some really – if we did the NFL positional ranking show and we did bottom four, we might have two, maybe even three in the bottom four. You don't think so, three? But I think at least two might be in the bottom here for, for pass catching groups because this is 
this is tough to swallow. Yeah. I, I put this a little, it's, it's not quite too clearly at the top and too clearly at the bottom, but okay. I, I would say it's, yeah, one at the top, one in the middle and two at the bottom. Um, I have the Titans at four and the Titans have still just not fixed their pass catching. It's brutal. ridiculous room. Um, with, with Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, Akina, and, and tight ends. Again, I credit to Chig. I, I that name did not pop off the paper to me. I didn't really recognize any of the tight ends in the room, for being Understood. honest. Uh, I have the Texans at three. Uh, they bring in Bobby Trees. They got Nico yeah. Collins. Uh, John Beachy the third is he missed all last year? Did he not? Or yeah, like, he did. Because like, he, yeah. he had he had the cancer scare. Yep. Right, right, right. So burner. Who knows what he could be? And I I really like Noah Brown. Coming over for the Cowboys. I thought Noah Brown was pretty decent on the Cowboys last decent. year. And Dalton Schultz. So yep. Dalton Schultz, I think, makes a big difference for them. They're they're definitely they're not nearly as bad as in a whole roster. They're not nearly as bad as they were. Right, right. I mean, it's like, and it really, if you had instead of if you kept um what's his name? Cooks instead of instead of uh Woods, then I think that's actually like a fairly decent room. Uh I have the Colts at two. I think the Colts are pretty good as far as you know, Michael Pittman had a great year last year. Broke out. Alec Pierce had a good second half of the year. They bring in Isaiah McKenzie, slot guy from Buffalo, who didn't really work out there all that well. And then I just – you can't talk about the Colts pass catchers if we're not talking about that they've got two of the largest tight ends in the <laughs> league with Mo Alley-Cox at 6'6". And then we thought he was the big man. And then J- Jelani Woods comes in last year at 6'7". Uh, so they have two They're massive huge. targets. Uh, and then the Jaguars have a very, very good pass catching room with Chris – Christian Kirk uh, really stepped into the number one role well last year. Evan Ingram finally like had the year that we've been waiting on Evan Ingram since his rookie season to have Zay Jones is a great third. And then they bring in Calvin Ridley, which is just, yep. just an absolute cherry on top. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's where, you know, it made the rubber meets road. We have the same exact list. Yeah. I, this um, one I thought was cut and dry. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, just going through it. You mentioned Tennessee. Have you heard of the names Kyle Phillips? Racy McMath might be like the the nerdiest, but I don't know. He could be like a race car driver. Um, that guy, Racy McMath, is a cool name. Chris Moore, who's been on a bunch of different teams. I mean, I, I do think that Aconquo could. He was really good at the end of last year. I think he could pop a little bit. But man, you're asking Traylon Burks to do a lot, and I'm just not sure he's even. I never even liked him coming out of the draft. So if for a guy that like most of last year was a debate, he's one of these, like, does he love football kind of guys? Like, does yeah. he care enough about football to make it happen? Uh, and just speaking of names, I forgot to mention uh, a great name in the running back room. Kind of like if looks could kill, if names could perform tank Bigsby on the Jaguars. Yes. Would have like 17 touchdowns for 17 yards. Like that's, that's would be his career, his, his season stats for me. If it's, if, if names, equal production he's he's a guy that's going to punch the ball in from the one no question about it a, a bowling ball exactly how kind of how he sounds tank bigsby um but has a lot of athleticism for his size kid played at auburn really liked him a lot as well when you go through houston one of their additions and i think a guy that you might look out for tank dell the rookie out of houston fast burner man a lot of people really high on him uh, to go down to to stay in Houston and uh, and and perform really well, he'll be comfortable down there. Uh, Indianapolis, I agree with you, but here's my issue with them: is that as good as Michael Pittman is, and I think he's solid. I think he's probably at the he's probably at the bottom tier of he, he's teetering on wide receiver one. Like he is a one, 
You know right. what I mean? Like, I, I agree. And, and I and I think you would agree with that. I think it's a huge year for Alec Pierce. If he does not take the next step, because we're relying on Alec Pierce now to be a productive guy, a guy who had 400 yards receiving, 500 yards receiving last year, it's a big year for him. He he needs to step up and perform. I like McKenzie. I like the kid Downs that drafted out of North Carolina. There's just a lot of variability. I think this could be a good pass catching room. I think this could be a bad catch, pass catching room. Um, there's a lot of if ands or buts with with the Colts, and it needs to step up from here. And then Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk just at the top. I mean, you have two the two best to me. I think at this point, I'm not sure. Maybe you could argue Pittman against Kirk and stuff like that, but. I think that they probably have the two best pass catchers here. They probably have the best tight end here. Um, that alone, I think Jamal Agnew is a guy that creates. You know, he's a special teams guy. He can be creative, kind of a Curtis Samuel-esque type player, maybe not that good. Um, the kid Strange, the tight end they drafted out of Penn State, I really like. I agree with you. This is clear cut and dry. I just don't think there's a lot of room between – there's some room between the Colts and the Texans and Titans, but – I think the Jags are just a cut above everybody else. They're not deep per se, but their talent in the in the starter starting role is it's just overpowering. Yeah, like I said, if we could talk about kind of like we we're saying the big three wide receivers in this division, I would say we you would think Kirk or sorry Calvin Ridley is is solidified himself as top fifteen. It's hard to say. Obviously, we didn't watch him get to play football last year, but mm. he's top fifteen. And you, would, I think, I would put Kirk and Pittman right in that fifteen to twenty range. It feels right. like for me. So I, you know. And then there's nothing, <laughs> not yeah, even in the that, not even and, and the rest of the division. Yeah, you're not talking yeah. about until someone in like fiftieth best, sixtieth best. I didn't even mention my man Brevin Jordan. I don't know if he's going to make the team. Damn. Killing me, dang. You know, so you know we digress again. This is just proving to me that the Jaguars, at least in my mind, it's going to be hard to catch them. It's just going to be hard to catch them in this division with what we have in the rest of the teams. Um, defense. Again, difficult. Bad. Difficult. Bad. Um, I, I, I tried to be positive spin on it and say for some of the bad defenses, I said, okay, we can work with this. You know, like it's not, it's not as bad as it once was. And, and I think you'll understand why I'm saying that because I, number four, I have the Texans and I, but I will look at them and I say, at least we can work with this. Like there are some, there are some actual professional football players on this team, as opposed to last year, where it was just, who the heck are you? Like where did what kind of department store did we pull you out of? You know, um, so that was difficult. Indianapolis, I had number three, and I said front seven goodish. Secondary is a big question mark to me, especially losing Stephon Gilmore. I had the Titans at two because I thought that uh, Rabel's going to get a lot out of them, but they did lose players. Like they lost, they lost, uh, they've lost Bud Dupree over the last couple of years. They've lost uh, a David, uh, Jack Cunningham, and, and they need their younger players to step up. And then I had Jacksonville at number one because of how they performed last year. They didn't make a ton of changes, and I think their youth. Um, first off, they're cheap, but second off, you know, their youth is really stepping up. Yes, they have some questions in the secondary, but they've got a lot of high-priced, talented, high-draft-pick players in that front seven. So I, I like Jacksonville number one. So I, th I thought we were going to have the same list. I thought uh, – so, I mean, Texans four, Colts three, 
Um, I, I and then I have I have Jaguars too with Titans mm-hmm. at one. Um, because I, you know, I, I know that, like you said, about the Titans front 70, I mean, I know they've lost pieces, they, you know, still having Danico Autry, Jeff Simmons, and Tyre Tart, like that's that's pretty three pretty good guys to have up front. Kevin Byers has been one of the better safeties in the league, and then you get Sean Murphy Bunting coming over from Tampa Bay. Yep. The Jaguars, to me, you know, they've got two great pass rushers. I mean, you've got Trayvon Walker, and Josh Allen, like coming from each end, so that's I mean, that's a, some serious players to have, but like I said, the secondary Tyson Campbell had a, a decent year last year but mm. the rest of it really needs a lot of help. Um, so that's kind of where I had, I just had that, but I, I guess it, I could see the case for the Jaguars at one. You might, you know, that pass rush with those two younger guys and Allen Walker um, yeah. might end up, you know, kind of producing more on the pass rush side, the Colts. I want to get back to I said, I mean, the Texans, like you said, it just doesn't feel like outside of the rookie they drafted Will Anderson jr. Like, do they have any impact players? You know, it's like, well, I think Jr. so. Could I think co- they do. Yeah. I okay. think they do. I and think then, they have the kids from last year, Jalen Patriot safety and Derek Stingley at corner. I thought were really good. Stingley. I was going to say Stingley, I think is, is going to have another step up this year. They said like, he, you know, he was doing it by himself last year and he got put in a lot of bad spots as a rookie jumping right in. I think they're going to be able to use him more appropriately this year. Um, Jimmy Ward coming over is really great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts. Yeah. The Colts have DeForest Buckner and Shaq Leonard. And then leaves a lot to, to be desired the rest of the way. And again, as I'm, I was, I was kind of doing research and stuff. Uh, I usually try and look at PFF rankings for defensive line and secondary um, kind of what makes up, you know, I think most of the impact on defense in the secondaries, the highest ranked team in this division was the Titans at 26. Oh. <laughs> Titans were 26 Jags, 27 uh, Texans, 28 Colts, 31st. I wow. mean, that is Four of the bottom five or six is just bad. It's just really bad as far as secondaries go. It, it's horrible. I mean, which should lead you to believe Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for hell. He's got a lot of yards. 10,000 yards. I mean, it's he should ridiculous. throw. He should throw for. He should throw for three thousand in this division. Like seriously. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I the Texans. I think. Do not have the worst. I think the Colts have the worst secondary in the division. I, 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 I honestly think that. I think the Texans are actually a step above because they. It's not like they don't have. They do have guys like Steve Nelson and Shaq Griffin. Those are veteran like guys that have performed in the league. They, they have Jimmy Ward, like you mentioned. I mean, the Colts have nobody. I mean, Kenny Moore again, another guy getting up there. Um, you know, Julian Blackman was a once upon a dream kind of player, but hasn't worked out. They're hoping this this kid from Kansas State can can play. He's kind of a tweener linebacker, corner kind of body of a linebacker, but plays corner. Um, so the Colts really, you got to look at their front seven if you're going to look at them at all. I mean, that's really where they're going to make their hay is getting Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Sam Ebukam, um, Shaq Leonard, getting pressure because Gus Bradley is going to have them playing zone defense. And one of the caveats of having a really good zone defense is to have pass rush. You have to be able to have pass rush to play solid zone defense. If you look at the 49ers, they haven't had excellent secondary players. They've developed them into good players, but the reason why they're so good is because of their pass rush, right? And I think the Colts have tried to model that a little bit. So, yes, their names don't jump off the page, but they may not necessarily have to. I do think they're obviously a cut above the Texans. 
the Titans, I just think my whole philosophy with them is they're going to get the most out. The Vrabel's just going to get the most out of their defense. Right. That's that's it. You know, what they did against the Chiefs last year on Sunday night, throwing Malik Willis to the Wolves and keeping that game in it and almost winning that game solely by their defense, that was incredibly impressive. And that's the magic of Vrabel and, and the toughness he brings in. But I, I will say, I believe – um epa wise the texas the jaguars were like 12th in the league in epa per play on defense last year the tech the titans were like 26 like it was it wasn't actually very close but i would say this the jaguars with their young talent i think you forget also they had the league's leading tackler in foy aluacon who's basically led the league in tackles like almost every year now devin lloyd i think is a uh, had a really good year last year they have a really loaded linebacking crew. They have a uh, a deeper than you think defensive line, and I think their secondary is, uh, you know, somewhat comparable outside of Kevin Byard. I think their secondary. I mean, if you really look at the secondary of of the Titans, it's Sean Murphy Bunting and Kevin Byard. Yep, I get it. They're good players. Outside of that, you know, I mean, it's not overall super impressive but they will rely on coaching so that's where i am with the jaguars is is just kind of younger um faster um maybe not as tough maybe not as physical but still i think they're they're pretty comparable to the titans and i just put them a cut above yeah i think they're right there and then it's i mean it sounds like we both wanted to put the texans over the colts i think we should just make that switch we both kind of just like we're buying it we were like you know i want to but benefit of the doubt you know yeah but if i look at it Look at that Texans D line. Do you There's recognize still not a, lot a lot of names? names? There's still just yeah. names. Their best player on their D line. I mean, they brought over Sheldon Rankins. <laughs> yeah. If that does anything for you, I mean, that's pretty much the extent of it. So I can't put the Texans ahead of the Colts. Not with the Colts A players and and Leonard and Buckner and guys like that. Fair enough. Uh, coaching. Tell me. Coaching. This is. I mean, I don't know. This is like my least favorite category. I think we've done the entire time. Uh, I have the Colts at four. Shane Steichen and the boys. I, I, you might like the coordinators. I think you're going to have them a little higher. Texans at three. Uh, buying in my guy, D'Amico, coming in, nice. head coach. Hopefully, again, talk about getting the most out of a defense. I think that's going to be the Texans' case for sure. Um, I have the Jaguars at two with old Dougie P up there and then former coach of the year, Mike Vrabel, Titans at number one. Have to have – I think it's no question you have to have – uh, Vrabel at one. Yeah, he's our guy. You know, right. The guy w- would cut off his genitalia for a Super Bowl. I mean, what's better than that? We're constantly making an argument of, like, he's a top five coach in this whole league. So, I think we have to, you know, <laughs> we're not, keep him We're up not there. allowed. Yeah, we're not allowed to not have number one in this division. And Dougie P, of course, with his Super Bowl and, and his experience, you know, he's obviously going to be two. Talk me into D'Amico Ryans because I had him originally at three, and then I switched it because I'm like, well, you know – I think it's a good thing that Steichen surrounded himself with a guy named Gus Bradley, who's been a coach, a head coach in the league. How about Jim Bob Cooter coming back here to yeah. help him out you from know? the Lions? The Lions, yeah, that's a name blast from the past. Um, I think it's a good thing, but Gus Bradley was a horrible head coach and has had good, not great defenses. Shoddy, shoddy. He's been shoddy when he yeah. has his personnel, he's able to run it, but he he. He makes the personnel fit his system instead of vice versa. Agreed. D'Amico Ryans I loved as a DC. Um, but 
I, I I'm just trying to see. I like Shane Steichen. Like Shane Steichen, I thought did a great job as an OC with the Eagles too. So, and you could say, all right, Sirianni had a lot to do with that. You know, I get that. But I, I, just talk me into talk me into D'Amico Ryan's. Why was he number three? I'm just buy, I'm buying in on the guy. I don't know. I, I, I just I, I like. It's like obviously I like what he did last year. Now it's out. It's, I think it's easier to say it's like oh look at look what he's doing with his defense last year. I know they had a ton of injuries, but it's also like you know the 49ers defense is having like they got dogs all over the place on that defense. So yeah. it's it was easier to coach them. I mean, granted they were like the best defense in the league last year. I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Texans will be that that way this year. They don't quite have the personnel. Um, but I'm just gonna take a, a former player on his former team. Hopefully, knows how to push all the right buttons. Obviously, he's got a lot more control. Now as the head coach and a lot more responsibility. So we're not going to know until we know with, with these guys stepping in from we, again, like you said, there's already plenty of guys in this division that we can talk about that are good DCs, bad head coaches. We got to see if D'Amico fits that category or, or if he's able to step up and be a, uh, be a variable. I think the attractive thing about him is he went, they easily could have fallen off. Like Bobby Salah leaves. He's in there. They easily could have had a step back. And they may have been even better than yeah. they were. Um, that being said, I'm going to be the Colts guy. <laughs> I'm going to be the Colts guy on this podcast this year. And I'm going to take Steichen and innovative play calling and Jim Bob Cooter doing weird stuff. I can't stop saying that name. And, uh, and, and Gus Bradley doing enough with the defense to make it so that the Colts maybe could – Possibly, if if Richardson works out, maybe they make a run at the division. I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but I would say I'd have to have him at least over the Texans until further notice. Yeah, I will say too. I mean, again, doing research about some of these coaches, a lot of a lot of good things coming out. It's obviously camp talk. It's all usually positive, but Bobby Sluck being being very creative. He was with San Fran for six years. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, the Texans' offensive line, they added some guys now, and. It doesn't look half bad with a, a guy who's, you know, was calling offensive plays for San Francisco, knowing how to run the ball better than anybody else in the league, coming in with a really good back in Damian Pierce and improving their offensive line. They could have a decent, very de- decent rushing offense this year, I think, in I, Texas. I, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I mean, Laramie Tunsil's a top five tackle. Yeah, you your anchor at the left tackle. Yeah, you've got that down. You bring over Shaq Mason, Titus Howard is still there, was a former first-round pick. Kenyon Green was a first-round pick in 22. And then they added a second-round kids, the kids Scruggs at center. So I agree with you. I think this, at an offensive line-wise, this might be the best offensive line in the division. Yeah, if we were, if we were ranking those. like, And just that mixed with Pierce and, again, a, a guy coming from out of the Shanahan tree as far as calling offense, like, makes it very interesting to see what kind of play action, you know, C.J. Stroud to be getting some of those really good play action looks where he's only got to make one read and throw the ball deep to Nico Collins, I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess I'm trying to think, I'm like Robert Woods is past his deep threat Ooh. days. I guess Nico Collins is the deep threat. Maybe, uh, would you say Kyle Phillips or Philip? Hey, Kyle? Tank Dell, Tank Dell, Tank he's Dell, the guy now. And Tank Dell and John Mitchell. Those are our deep threats in Houston. I like it. Yeah. That's a, what's the Texans over under? What is it like five and a half? It's got to be something like five and a half or six and a half. It cannot yeah. be anymore. I mean, that's a that's a. It's interesting, just because, like you said, like the defenses in this division are just probably not that great. I mean, they're vulnerable. I would say 
Mm-hmm. And like you said, if Trevor Lawrence can have success, he's going to have a lot of success. You know, if Stroud and, and again, I'm not really a believer in Stroud. I think I think uh, I think Richardson, uh, I think will have a better career. But if Stroud takes at least year one and runs with it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could go over that number of whatever is five, six, whatever it is around there. So. Uh, six and a half for the Colts. Over is minus 130, under is the, plus 110. For the Colts or the Texans? Texans, sorry. Okay. That's interesting. Texans are also – or sorry, Colts are also six and a half um, with the – over having the negative juice of minus 135 and the under having the positive juice of plus 150. Oh, they like the, they So like they do going. like the Colts to finish above the Texans. I kind of do too. Very, very close though, clearly. We're talking so, about teams with six and a half win totals. <laughs> smell the money. Smell where the money's cooking. I like that Colts. Almost as much as I like the Packers. I like the Colts. Goodness. That's interesting. Okay. That's it and that's all. Uh, my... My just overall thought that I keep coming back to is the Jaguars are going to win this division going away. Like, I just keep coming back to that. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, we, I, well, I have the sports books open. Let's see. Well, let's see. They got to be the heavy, one of the heavier favorites. Minus 165 to win the division. They're just as heavy a favorites as the Colts are to win the AFC West. As who to win the AFC West? The Chiefs? Oh, sorry, the Chiefs to win the AFC West, not the Colts. Colts yeah. affected your brain. I know they have. Uh, but yeah, they're literally both minus 165 to win the division. The Jaguars in the South and the Chiefs in the West. The Chiefs are minus 165. That's interesting. I mean, we can't. Those are the two, those are the two heaviest favorites to win their division. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, I like the Jaguars a lot. I think I think I'd rather lay it as crazy as it sounds. I think I'd rather lay on the Jaguars. Honestly. Because the Chiefs with Sean Payton coming in. With uh, Denver, I don't want to hype them up for you. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the Chargers. I think Herbert's elite, elite. You know, I, I think there's room to be had with the coaching staffs in, in, in those divisions, in that division. But that's another podcast for another day. Uh, thank you, Matty. Two podcasts from now. Two podcasts from now, exactly. We'll do the NFC South next time, which – that's another one of those wide open divisions. The southern divisions are just. I thought South was like where football was born and bred. I mean, that in the Midwest, clearly, clearly the North divisions both are way more intriguing than the South divisions in, hey, in both conferences. Who's going to carry that Southern primary? We're about to find out. Uh, thank you to Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Sobreth. Uh, thank you to everyone else for listening. You can listen on Spotify, on Google Pod, on Apple Pod, on Sports Country Radio on Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. Saturday, 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. We'll be back with another positional ranking show next week. But until then, Godspeed, and thank you for listening to the Sunday Card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 
That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 